a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast uh, with Phil Nicoletti. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. You can get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on the Pulp MX app. You can get uh, um, also on uh, PulpMX.com. Don't forget, it'll be on RacerX. And if you've got a question about some older podcasts, some guests, Go on iTunes or any kind of podcatcher, search Steve Mathis Classics. There's three volumes. They are uh, very, very popular, and uh, chances are that uh, if there's a pod missing or somebody you want to hear from, I've done them. They're just on those classics. So please go back and check and uh, check all that, and we appreciate the new listens and everything else. Flyracing.com, Weston Pike's official helmet of choice from JGR Suzuki, the F2 carbon helmet uh, straight out of the box onto the track, along with Millsap's bag at Benny Bloss and those type of guys. Uh, don't forget uh, flyracing.com. They're much more than gear. They make mountain bike gear, snowmobile gear, hard parts. If you want bars, levers, stands, motor stands, uh, tie downs, uh, gas cans, flyracing.com. They, they make it all. Great company, great uh, great guys. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. All right. As I said, I'm Steve Mathis with me on the line from JGR Suzuki, currently rehabbing an injury in his home state of New York. Filthy Phil Nicoletti. What's up, Phil? Hey, what's going on, Steve? How are you? I'm probably better than you. How's the injury? <laughs> uh, it's actually it's going better. It was a little rough there for a while. Um, it's about a month out of surgery, so mm-hmm. we're making gains. I'm still struggling pretty bad with some nerve pain at the moment, um, you know. But the doctor says in time, he says hopefully it'll come. It'll come back. Maybe as yep. soon as I can start being weight bearing and stuff on it. But it's just uh, it's a slow process and. You know, it's uh, a little bit of a heartache, but yeah, um, you know, it's it's the most time I've actually had off of a dirt bike in a pretty long time in a lot of years. So it's actually not so bad. But yeah. then again, you know, watching Supercross on Saturday, even though it is Death Cross, I kind of kind of miss it a little bit. So well, I mean, well, that's <laughs> just like deep. if you uh, if you sit there super depressed, uh, you, you know, you'll be even more angry than you already are. And so the silver yeah. lining is like, yeah, hey, I get to spend some time with family. I get to spend time with a girlfriend. I can do some stuff, you know, it, it is on, that I'd never normally do, go to movies or whatever, you know? So that's mm-hmm. a, that's mm-hmm. a, the silver lining, and you have to look at it like that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, to an extent. But when you do something for so long and you travel for so long and you're in a routine for so long, and then all of a sudden it just stops, you're just like, shit, what do I do? You know, um, <laughs> I was sitting around in North Carolina and I was like, man, I got to do something. And so I, you know, uh, my chick and I, we drove, drove up to New York, you know, cause mm-hmm. we got some snow and 
was able to ride a snowmobile nice and easy around the lawn and the property and kind of, you know, at least try and take it in a little bit. Um, So I wasn't so miserable. Um, But then again, it's just like you can only sit up here in the cold for so long and stay cooped up. And it's just like, you know, it's one thing after another. You know, you're never happy, you know, so it's kind of, it's good. And then, you know, down in Charlotte, it's 75 degrees and the boys are riding and, you know, it makes me kind of wish I was down there, but... I had to come home for jury duty anyway, so it's actually it worked out perfect being injured. So I was actually going to have to do jury duty and then fly to Seattle Supercross from home. Um, I couldn't get out of it, so civic duties, bro. Um, so, they, I do not want I do not want you on any jury that I like. Is it just, <laughs> like you are just going to be like now. You did yeah, it automatically guilty. Right. I don't care what it was, you know. <laughs> I know. But no, I, I figured I put it off twice, so no matter what, now I, I, I got to do it. So I'm screwed right. either way. Like, no, you put it off twice. Now you have to come do it. We have doctors and lawyers that need that come in and do their civic duty. And I was just like, I don't care. I'm not a doctor or lawyer. I race professional motocross. It's yeah. Pretty dang important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Nah, they don't give a crap, you know? <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> so, so it is what it is. The. So. What's the biggest thing you're going to have to overcome when you start riding? Your heel, the leg. Um, what do you uh, think? I, I think you know, it's 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 crazy because the heel itself doesn't hurt. You know, just mm-hmm. when I dislocated my ankle, uh, it was out for you know a couple hours, five hours. So with that, I just stretched some nerves, mm-hmm. um, and the nerves is just what's killing me. Um, I mean. If it wasn't for the nerve damage, man, I'd feel like a hundred bucks to be honest with you. But the fact that it feels like someone has a damn blowtorch on the bottom of my foot twenty four seven is just not cool. Um, and like I haven't slept through. I get up six times a night. You know, yeah, I got yeah. this dumb little scooter I roll around on. It's pretty embarrassing, <laughs> but you know, I just yeah, it's it's been rough. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, but I don't know. As soon as if I could start putting my foot down and start moving it maybe the nerve pain will go away uh the fact that it just sits there and everything but yeah i can do full rehab now i can swim you know i'm back in the gym so that's kind of occupying my mind a little bit so mm-hmm. i'm uh i'm trying to look like arnold schwarzenegger here uh, right you're gonna be all huge. Upper body so <laughs> yeah so i'm back on the sagey program with that um been about a week and a half now so that's that's actually been kind of good to get back in the gym and sweating and stuff and it's those little things you kind of take for granted that you actually miss, and it's only been a month, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But just to get active again, you know, makes the body feel good and makes me sleep a little bit better as well. So yeah. it's the men's coming around, so it makes me a little bit happier, yep. you know, in this depression state, so it's cool. <laughs> exactly. As happy as, <laughs> as happy as one could be, for sure. Um, yeah, exactly. Now, I was talking to... I want to say Jay Boone, but maybe it was Coy or Thomas from NFAB, or maybe it was Seiji, or mm-hmm. maybe it was Wygant. I don't know. So mm-hmm. Johnny, who knows? Uh, somebody that was like, hey, <laughs> Phil could maybe come back for some nationals. He, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's on, I mean, the doctor that I went to in Charlotte, mm-hmm. his name is Dr. Anderson. He's one of the best in the country. Coy got me hooked up with him, and he works on all sorts of, you know, athletes you know football hockey basketball whatever Mm -hmm. and i got in with him it was a two-week wait so i actually sat around my apartment with a shattered heel for two weeks before i could either get into really huh yeah so that was hard and so i was like taking pain pills for two weeks it was like every four hours and it was every three hours i just getting used to them and used to them and i finally got the surgery so that was a godsend 
And then it was a whole nother week and I was still taking pain pills. And it was just like, three, I was three weeks into taking this crap and I was just like, I got to get off of them. So thankfully I got off and started feeling better. But anyway, so this Dr. Anderson got me in. He said, everything looked awesome. And he said, possibly four months, you know, I could be back to full activity. So that puts me around red bud being, you know, being able to ride again and stuff. So maybe there's a chance of making four outdoors or so if I can, yeah. you know what I mean? But I just don't want to wreck anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Because there was pretty severe trauma to the ankle. So um, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. It's hard yeah, to it's, say it's to hard to say. Two or, yeah, but, but like I, kinda, I was almost, I was stoked to hear that because I honestly thought I'm like, oh, his season's done. Like, forget it. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I like after, you know, the first doctors I seen, they said, oh, you know, it'd be, you know, nine months. And I'm just like, shit. You right, know what I mean? right. And the way it looked, it for sure looked like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but then when Dr. Anderson looked at it and bolted it together, he's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it was, he had some serious damage, but, you know, nothing out of the ordinary and yeah, you know, yeah. piece it back together. And, you know, you should be good in four months. And I was just like, huh? <laughs> you know, and I was just kind of like taken back and and it was cool but the way it's been feeling um it doesn't quite feel like i'd be back in four months but who knows i mean like i said if i could start walking on it and you know i I think i'd be good but i'd listen if i if i could come back this 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 year i'd be i'd be pumped because i i really do want to ride that suzuki full 50 outdoors you know um that was the biggest thing when this all went down i was really gutted about so um because i feel like i could even better than I was last year, which mm-hmm. would be good. But now with this stuff, it's kind of like uh, take it one day at a time. Well, um, so. I tell people too, like like doctors are just like motocross racers or podcasters. Let's say there's good ones, mm-hmm. there's bad mm-hmm. ones. Like you know, one of the doctors jacked Ferry's wrist up, and he was maybe going to retire. Like I don't say they mm-hmm. jacked it up; mm-hmm. he didn't fix it good. It for, yeah, he had a bad yeah. day, or he didn't know what he was doing, or he yeah. or he was rushed, or like it's so crazy. Yeah. Like the doctor you go yeah. to can literally determine nine months, four months, yeah. whether you race again. Yeah. They're all like you know, Coy got yeah. you into this guy. It's it's really mm-hmm. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Your choice of doctor yeah. for your injury is maybe the most important thing you can do. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, like like you said, uh, the doctor can literally dictate you know, your life, you know, whether your wrist moves again or not, or ankle moves again or not, or mm-hmm. if you can actually, you know, if you're going to have a limp for the rest of your life. So, but it's, it, it, it's really hard. And, you know, some people are stuck in certain ways. You know, I hate to even get into the whole politics of with insurance and stuff yep. and in and out of network crap. So it's kind of mm-hmm. hard. Sometimes you're limited to that stuff. So, yeah. you know, like I said, I was fortunate with Coy and even my, um, you know, Dr. Mareska back in New York and, you know, with everybody's opinions and, you know, knowledge and stuff, it was actually, you know, the best situation for me. So I was, I was actually, I'm, I'm very grateful. And, you know, even, even the doctors in uh, uh, Dallas were awesome. And, you know, the, the surgeries that they did there to put my ankle back in place was phenomenal. So I was, you know, I was really blessed with that. So I was, I'm, I'm happy the way everything mm-hmm. turned out and, you know, just kind of, yeah, like I said, so right. take it one day at a time, and you know, still got a couple post-op uh, appointments, and we'll see. I'm hopefully, you know, when I go back on the 11th of April, maybe he's saying I can maybe be weight-bearing. I don't know, but still kind of a far stretch. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, you look at Roxanne, you know? he's on 10 surgery, 10 or whatever. Oh, like, dude, oh. I know. Like I, I think about myself, and I'm just like, yeah, that 
you know, that poor bastard, you know, yeah. uh, that's, that's gnarly, you know what I mean? And it, it can always be worse and it can even be worse than Kenny, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yep, it's yep, like, yep. it's crazy. You gotta, you gotta take it for what it is and, you, you know, know, move forward. But yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, you know. Jesse Nelson, simple little crash at Unadilla, not uh, that hard, uh, you know, nothing crazy no. and, and everything no. can change. So, uh, even yeah. you can look and, and on the bright side. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I and, and trust me, I do. And, and like I said, like I've taken a lot of gnarly hits over the past mm-hmm. eight years. Like I've been eight years injury free. Like that's a long time. And yep. to have just an ankle injury now, um, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's you, not a matter of if it's when in this sport. Hey, and it's and you're and you're right in the fact you've had some hellacious crashes. You yeah, have you have had God. some ones. <laughs> I know, and it's just like, man, did I really just walk away from that crap? Yeah, you know, sometimes yeah. it's just like, what the heck? But yeah, you got to take it. You know, got to pay the toll to rock and roll. Oh, yeah, so we'll see. Um, um, you, yeah. Let's let's get into a little bit time machine and go back. Yep. And the first time I heard of you, I, I don't know what year it was, but um, you were one of Honda's hot amateur guys coming up. Like people were like, hey, watch this kid, Phil Nicoletti. The name sounded. It sounded like it always stuck with me because one of Ferry's really good friends in in Florida is Nicolini, and I'm like Nicolini, mm-hmm. Nicolini. I'm always like, so it always struck with me that <laughs> you know you were coming up and I, your name rang a bell right away. But uh, you grew up in New York. Uh, where where mm-hmm. in New York? I'm about two hours south of Unadilla, 90 miles north of New York City. So I'm basically in hillbilly land, kind of like how Unadilla is. Okay, you so know, I'm actually I'm two miles from the original Woodstock. Oh wow! Okay, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, pretty pretty cool. Most of the people know what Woodstock is. So yeah, do people? Is there still something there? there? Is there something there to? Oh yeah, yeah. There, a billionaire guy, Alan Gary, bought it um, and turned it into a huge concert place now. So in the summertime, you know, I didn't know that all the famous people come and see. Yeah, they get twenty five, thirty thousand people there. It's amazing still. So it's a beautiful area. It's a family farm, right? I forget who owned it, but it's a family farm. Uh, Yeah, uh, Yasker's farm. Okay, yeah, Um, interesting. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's a, obviously not as many people show up as <laughs> what they did in 1969, but yeah. still on that same day, you know, I still get a lot of hippies that come rolling through. So <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty crazy. And actually on our farm here back in the day, my dad said when that was going down, you'd have hippies just wandering through the, the, the cow pasture <laughs> on the way to to the concerts and stuff. And oh, I guess my grandpa chased them off with some guns and whatnot, you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. they're just a bunch of vagabonds, you know? It's crazy. Gypsies. Like, could you imagine just some random people with backpacks walking through your field? Oh, no. So, no, not, not at I, all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. So, yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um, I like it here. The, uh, so, okay, you're... How do you get into bikes? How, how does that happen? I want to talk to you a little bit about Sheiky and all that from New York, but and Paul Carpenter maybe. But <laughs> yeah. but before that, how do yeah. you get into bikes? Uh, you know, obviously, I see you learned to ride a lens in '99, so that was your first year mm-hmm. uh, in the '60s. Mm-hmm. But how do you get mm-hmm. riding? What happens? Uh, so my old man used to race back in the '70s. Okay, um, you know he was never any good, and he never had any money. You know what I mean? So he actually had a. Uh, a friend locally that had some money that raced, um, mm-hmm. so he would always travel with them and whatnot. But um, so I was fortunate enough to, you know, my old man obviously got me my first bike for Christmas, and I believe ninety three, ninety four, and 
you know, one day, I think in 95, he gave me the choice. All right, what are you going to do? Baseball, soccer, football, or dirt bikes? Because you okay. can't do all of them, you know? Um, and for some dumb reason, I picked dirt bikes. Um, <laughs> and it was game over ever since. And, you know, we built a track. Uh, we live on six acres, and my grandma's next door. Okay. Uh, she has 38, so she was able to – she let me build most of my track on her property. Um, and I just kind of – you know, my dad had a little bucket track, and we just built some jumps and had a two-minute lap time track, and that's where I grew up riding most of the time every day after school. And, you know, it's, um, you know, I wouldn't take it back for anything, you yeah. know, even though back then I wish I was homeschooled and could kind of, you know, go to a facility or do something, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. So, but yeah, I got got into it with my old man, and uh-huh. you know, it's uh, got some pretty fond memories. It's pretty crazy. Did you uh, did you read all the magazines? Did you follow Supercross? Did you go to New York uh, Supercross? Or, or I guess there wasn't a... absolutely. Okay. I couldn't wait for the cycle news to come in the mail. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I had never been to Supercross. The first Supercross I ever went to was my first professional one um, really? in 2008. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> How crazy yeah, is that? Kind of, yeah. It's, uh, let me tell you, that was a little bit of a culture shock. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I can, uh, you know, I, I wish I did. But, um, yeah, I just, man, I tell you what, I read Cycle News and yeah. would always look at the Supercross results and national results. And, what's the first yeah, was, uh, What's the first memory of Dilla do you have? Uh, dude, I would go up there and, what was it, 98 was the first year? Um, okay. 98 or 99. Um, but back then, it was still pretty crazy in the amateur pits, you know uh-huh. what I mean? So I wouldn't go anywhere without my old man. I, was, I think it was nine at the time. <laughs> yeah, you get all these drunk, crazy dudes blowing stuff up, and it was it was gnarly. My, we actually would go up in a pop-up tent, um, you know, camper trailer, mm-hmm. and me and my three other sisters, and it was just like... We were shell-shocked. You know, we thought people were a bunch of animals, you know. Um, but, yeah, like I, you know, between Dina Dilla and Broom Tioga, like, I was, yep. you know, it was awesome for me. So I just couldn't believe it. As, um, you, uh, but, as you got better, did you have the means to go south and ride, or did you literally just not ride in the winter? I, I didn't ride in the winter. I actually, I went to school all the way up to 12th grade until mm-hmm. um, about Thanksgiving time, my senior year, and then I left. You know, um, so you didn't graduate. You didn't get. I, you didn't get to graduate. I, no, I did. I did. I ended up did graduating. Okay. Yep. Um, later on, uh, was it two years later? I ended up graduating. But yeah, I went all the way up to my senior year. Um, but then I was just like, man, if I'm really going to make a go at this and do good at Loretta's in '07, you know, and then turn pro, mm-hmm. you know, I had to because at at that time, my senior year, um, at the end of my junior year, I had done. Steel City and Broom Tioga um, Nationals because I wanted to race Broom, even though I was 16, because it was the last year they were going to be there in 2006. Okay. So I was just like, I wanted that to be my first national ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of bummed that it had one away. So I turned pro just for that. And, you know, it's cool. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, but my senior year and after that moment, you know, racing. Yeah. Steel City and Broom, I was like, man, I got to dedicate a little more time to this crap. You know? Yeah, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So 2007, I actually went and trained with Gary Semix and stuff and, um, you know, went to Loretta's and did pretty good. And I got um, two seconds, I believe, or a second and a third. Second and, then, and a third, yep. 
Yep, yep, second and a third. And I think the year before that in 06, I got a second and a third in the A classes as well. I went two years in a row in A class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to Steel City after that um, and did okay. My old man and I were going to go from Steel City to Freestone to Glen Helen and a fun mover. Um, and I got the Freestone. And after the first moto, um, Bobby Hewitt had approached me and said he wanted me to ride for him in 2008 on the Motorsport Kawasaki team. So Ben Evans um, beat you one year at Loretta's. Ben Evans, I forgot uh, about that guy. Ben, yeah, he did. I think yeah. I went. Uh, I should have went one two two, but I went seven, seven two two. Yeah. yeah, I got a flat tire first moto. Oh, damn yeah, it! Yeah, that's what happens when you don't run a heavy duty tube. Um, so growing up, <laughs> she Sheiky's a little older than you. Then, so I was thinking about. Oh, yeah. I was thinking like. Yeah. Like you were near the end of his thing, but not really, because in ninety nine, two thousand, he was riding Kawasaki's. But you're on sixties, so yeah, like yeah, Sheik yeah, and Paul Carpenter. Yeah. I guess you knew obviously who they were, and they were New York's finest. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah oh, but yeah. not you know, no nobody else. You know, I mean, it's uh, so we have a track, uh, Walden Playboys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard yeah. of it, but yeah. um, so that's one of my local tracks. And back in the day, like you'd have. Sheik would come down and ride, obviously, because he's from uh, Hudson Valley, which mm-hmm. is really close. Um, John Dow, Doug Henry, Carlo Cohen, uh, Barry Karsten. Oh, wow. And you'd have these guys racing the expert class. Yeah. And I was on, you know, 60s, just starting on 80s. And yeah. I was just like, dude, these guys are <laughs> unbelievably fast. Right. You know, I was like, there's no way I'm going to beat these dudes, <laughs> you know, when I get older. And it was always cool to be able to to watch that. And I actually have a pretty funny story. I was at a Walden open practice, and Cheeky was there on a CR125 when he was driving for factory Honda. Uh-huh. And I was on a 60. Yeah. And he's out there doing his motors, and my dad's, he's on the fence, and he's yelling, he's like, get out there, get in front of Sheiky, get in front of Sheiky. And I'm looking, I'm like, what the hell do you want me to do? And sure enough, like every, every lap, every other lap, I get out there and hop in front of Sheiky, you know, and try to pass me and stuff. And he actually came over and he gave me a high five, and he said it was an awesome effort. And oh, that's so, I was just like, that's, that's cool. pretty badass, you know. I, I was eight or nine at the time, so uh-huh. I was just, I was stoked. Uh, um, Shiki rode Factory Honda yeah. in 97, and then in 98, they demoted him to the FMF Honda team because the Honda 125 factory team went away. And, okay, okay. And I was on FMF so Honda. That was 97 then with that story. Yep, yeah, yep. No, yep. And in 98, he won high point that year in the mud. Um, mm-hmm, and then in 98, mm-hmm. I was on FMF Honda with him, and he hated Bobby Moore. And I'd be like, okay, we're on this big team, everything else. And, <laughs> and then Bobby Moore would say something, and Shiki would be like, shut up, Bobby. Shut up, Bobby. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, our star rider That's is telling funny. our team manager to shut up. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of New Yorkers that have issues with team managers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Right. <laughs> um, so He's not the only one. So, um, at some point in the 80s, does Honda, how much does Honda kick down for you? I mean, they never went full on amateur support Honda. I mean, now they are through the Geico guys, but not really back then. But you were kind of Honda's guy. Were they helping you a bunch, or how did that happen? Uh, I mean, Honda back um, 05, 06, 07, yep. for me and like a lot of other guys, they had a really big push. Um, you know, at, at first, you know, 2002, three, and four, I was with Honda Houston guys with Sean Martin mm-hmm. and uh, yep. John Martin. So those guys treated me awesome. Um and then I did good enough to get 
I hooked up with American Honda um, with, I don't know if you know a guy, uh, his name is Dave Tomford and obviously Bill Sabina, who's yeah. still at Honda. Yep. Um, and those two guys treated me absolutely phenomenal as an amateur. And like I said, I was still in school at the time, so yeah. they were helping me, and I could I was only doing Ponca, Loretta's, and Minios. You know what I mean? I didn't do spring yeah. nationals ever throughout my career. Yeah. You had I no money. Yeah, you had no, in school, yeah, I had I no money. money. Right. I never, didn't have any riding time to be able to go down there. Right. Um, you know, it's either I went down there, got hurt at the spring nationals, or I got my head kicked in because it whooped <laughs> the shit out of me on the track. You know, I was just like, as bad as I wanted to go, is you know, I'm glad we didn't because it just would have been a failure. Um, you know, and and even in '05. Um, I didn't race Loretta's because I thought because mm-hmm. I broke my femur, um, okay. and I thought Honda was going to ditch me after that. But they still supported me for '06 and '07, and they gave me a bunch of bikes, and they gave me parts. And you oh, know, okay, it's, so they it's huge, so it was big know. then, yeah. Because so, oh yeah, it was big. Yeah, you know, it's me. You know, and even at the time, you know, it was Barsha, Sean Rife, Bowers, Will Hahn, Sean Hackley. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they had a huge effort. Um, um, I remember yeah. Savino wanted Alan Brown to put you on the Triple X team. You know, he's like, hey, I got this kid. He's really fast. Mm-hmm. He's in pro. And, you know, so that's how kind of mm-hmm. I remember your name and mm-hmm. stuff. Like you were, you know, Honda was yeah, kind of yeah. looking out for you, you know. Which I, you know, back then the goal was to go to, you know, it was, you know, factory connection Honda, whatever. Yeah. Then, you know, and in 06, at the end of 06, I was hoping to be one of those guys, but Ziggy went with Trey, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because Trey had won six for six in the B class, and yeah. after that, I was, you know, after six, I was kind of deflated, and I was just like, man, uh, you know, I don't know well, Trey, what I'm going to do. Trey kind of you know? was, I mean, and I don't know amateur stuff that well, but didn't, yeah. like, it was Stroop and Izzy, and Trey was thought to be the third or fourth best guy, and all of a sudden, he just... He just Trey whooped those out of guys, nowhere. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trey, Trey came out of nowhere. Um, you know, even for me, you know, in the A class, I was just like, holy shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and then I, I raced Trey the following year, you know, him, Stroop, um, and Izzy. Mm-hmm. And we all were pretty close, but I was still just that little tick off, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it had been speed, equipment, whatever. Yeah. Um, I just didn't quite have it. So it's kind of, yeah, so that was a kick in the nuts when that happened. So, you know, and then, like I said, in 07, I was fortunate enough to have Bobby Hewitt approach me um, and yeah. let me know that he wanted to give me a shot in 2008. So um, at that point in time, I was just like, yes. But I did have a shot in 2006 with Paul Lindsay on the Motor World team that Sean Hackley had took with the Toyota deal. Oh, okay. Toyota the deal. Toyota, yeah, the um, Toyota deal, yeah. Yeah, but... You know, my old man's just like you still have one year of school. You still have one year of school left. You know, he's just mm-hmm. like I don't feel comfortable with you leaving school and you know going to do this. Really? You know I mean? and oh wow! I, yeah, I was, yeah, it's kind of bitter because yeah. it wasn't for a whole lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and at but, that time, it's just like education, education. And I was I wasn't the greatest student by any means. Like I was barely scraping by. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Um, so I was so I was kind of like, dang it! I was bitter with that, but. In the end, it it all worked out, and no, you know, because I ended up, if you look at the yeah. team was on Suzuki's, it was a not very good bikes. It was yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at that time, I think it was actually Yamaha. Was it Yamaha? Okay, uh, yeah, in 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 oh seven. Okay, yeah, um, six um, and oh seven. So, so yeah. did you? Was Mills is older than you then? Mills was the next group ahead yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, Millsy is uh, two, three years older than me. And Barsha um, is where? where how, old, how much younger is Barsha? Is Barsha uh, already at MTF uh, at this point? Like, is Barsha going uh, to MTF? Barsha's, Barsha went to MTF pretty young. I think he went down to around 10 years old. So, and I think I'm two two years older than Justin. Yeah. Two and so, a half, maybe three. So, you never like really raced Barsha. He was gone. And no, Mills. never really raced And you never really missed But race. I did. Yeah, I raced Millsy, you know, in schoolboy. Okay. You know what I mean? When I was just kind of getting into it. You Dude, know, he, he was. was on his way out. He was fast, right? Like, people he tell was me, like. so fast. Like. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was crazy. And, you know, I was, it's, it's funny because I raced a track, Sleepy Hollow, when I was a mm-hmm. kid. And. Bobby Canary and him actually lapped me, um, and I was just like, "This had this is probably '97," and I was just like, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> you know what I mean? And I didn't think anyone could ever go that fast. Right? Yeah, you're like, you know? "Hey, I'm pretty good," um, and then right. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I wasn't good by any means, but when he threw, you know, yeah. Millsy Canary and Nick Avenue all in one gate drop, and then you have my sorry ass out there, I look like a freaking <laughs> idiot. And, you know? and yeah, it's nuts. And Canary and Carpenter older than you too, much older. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul, Paulie is actually quite a bit older than even Bob and Millsy. Um, yeah. So yeah, Carpenter, he was kind of already yeah out out of the scene when I when I started racing with Millsy and, uh-huh. and, and Bob. Um, but those two were ridiculously fast, and obviously when. Paulie came back to race, you know, the one night at Frozen Ocean before Unadilla mm-hmm. or whatever, before yep. um, um, Binghamton. That's pretty cool to be able to watch that. So, um, but yeah, like our our New York had a lot of fast guys, you know, and, and another one a lot of people don't even realize is Bruce Stratton back in the day. Yeah, no, I know Bruce. Up. Yeah, Bruce. I know Bruce well. Yeah like, yeah. Bruce, yeah, like he was able to even throw down too. So, um, there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> They don't seem like much now, but iconic people I was able to watch growing up. Sure. Um, that, that made it super, super cool. Um, so, yeah, I think it was uh, pretty, pretty badass. But, yeah, Millsy was definitely the – between him and Bob were mm-hmm. the, the trendsetters of, like, new new um, sought-out speed in New York State. So, Canary, um, uh, Canary and you – are two guys, and I, I, it's it's no coincidence. I'm sure it's the New York upbringing, but you two are more the the gnarliest, no excuses, uh, ride through anything type of guys. It's just your upbringings, I guess. You know, like Bob. Bob was is insane. Like he's just yeah, yeah. You know? No, Bob's Bob's gnarly, and I think you know <laughs> a lot of it comes from you know parents and stuff. Bob's yep. dad Terry's gnarly you know okay. what i mean and he yeah. wasn't easy on bob whatsoever coming uh-huh. up through the ranks yep. you know what i mean uh my old man wasn't easy on me either you know what i mean and yep you know mills he was pretty gnarly guy too but his his old man gary was i don't think as harsh on ryan mm-hmm. um as maybe he should have been i don't know um but it was just like at that point in time ryan was just like New York he was guys. an animal, and yeah. yeah, no one, you know, and he had so much speed. There's, you know, he could pretty much do whatever he wanted. You know, um, are so you kinda, um, are you surprised yeah. Mills never made it, or are you? Look, he's had a real rough time uh, since he quit racing, and even when he raced, he won a moto, yeah. which is great, but lots of issues yeah. and you know, lots of problems. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. are you surprised Mills. at how his career went? Good, uh, you know, yeah. went south or no? Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm surprised. Yeah. You know, when you take someone that's, you know, Millsy was 15 years old, 16 years yep. old. Like yep. he was young. Yep. 
And, you know, he went to California with no parental guidance, really. You know, he was just kind of out there. Yeah. And, you know, Millsy didn't quite go to school, I don't think. You know what I mean? Right, so right. I think he just kind of, you know, ran amok and, and, and did what he wanted to do. But, I mean, as a kid himself, like, he was actually a really good kid. Um, he just get sucked into things, you know what I mean? I don't think he could really get out, but he should have been – so much greater than what he was and mm-hmm. to be even able to win a moto and even podium at steel city back in 07 you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he's still yep god he had so much talent you know yeah. what I mean? so oh. it's kind of kind of crazy um it's sad at the same time because yeah like like i said he was a good kid and yeah man was he fast holy yeah shit. i've heard dude so, like again i don't i don't follow that much but people back then were like dude ryan mills is legit like gonna step right into yeah. factory connection He's going to yep. be the guy, like, just watch, yep. you know? And, and yeah, he never even came yeah, close. Millsy, yeah, yeah, Millsy, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just don't know really what happened. Right. I don't know where where the... <laughs> in, in a way, though, Phil, like, in a way, like, your dad, you know, saying, hey, no mm-hmm. to that motor world thing. Stay in school. It sounds like he was a little gnarly, and that, that all helps, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, I guess being with that being said, and you know, not you know, staying in school and stuff like that was, you know, at the time really sucked. Like I, I hated it. I, you know, I just wanted to leave, drop out, be done with it. You know, and go race dirt bikes. Um, you know, it's kind of you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, maybe if I could have left, things would have been a little easier, and maybe my rookie year would have went mm-hmm. better, and it wouldn't have taken me eight years to get where I'm at now, or yeah, whatever. True. You yeah. know, it's 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 hard to always look at it, but um, I just think you, know, uh, you gotta of, you gotta go to these riding tracks, or, or you know, not the facilities so much that are everywhere now, but not going to Florida every winter that hurts you. That mm-hmm. hurts your development. You know. Uh, yep. Yeah, and it it does for sure, you know. And and there's people that I would smoke through the summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, kick their ass. Yeah. But then when March rolled around and I could just <laughs> barely start riding in a grass field, yeah. and then I'd have to go to an area qualifier for Loretta's, you know. And there's these guys that are, I mean, handing it to me, and it's it's frustrating. And then my dad's always saying, "Oh, it's only going to take you a month to get back up to speed. It'll be okay," you know. And then, <laughs> like that. and it's always in the back of my head. It's just like, well, if I would have just went down the road for two and a half months, mm-hmm. I could be even farther ahead than where I would be in a month. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, but sure. you know, in the end, it's kind of you know, for me now, it's you know, I'm 28 and I still feel strong. So I mean, who yeah. knows? Maybe yeah. I would have got burnt out earlier, or mm-hmm. you know. I would have went off the track. Who the hell knows? You know, so it's pretty, pretty weird how it all works out. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, FlyRacing.com, RacerX podcast with Filthy Phil Nicoletti. Uh, listen to this commercial from Racetech. Pulpamex seventeen is the code to save at Racetech, as well as uh, Michelin Starcross five new tire from those guys. And uh, listen to this commercial. We'll be right back with more Phil Nicoletti. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Race Tech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Race Tech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. 
Also, too, Race Tech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Race Tech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Race Tech a call and mention Fault Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Race Tech. Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet? You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back. FlyRacing.com. Fly uh, Racing, FlyRacing.com. Uh, Race Direct's podcast with Phil Nicoletti. All right, Phil. So Bobby Hewitt comes up to you, and it's a Cannon Day dog food cowie team with yourself, McFarlane, Tommy Hahn. Uh, I'm missing the f- – who's the and, other guy? And Chiz. Chiz. Oh, I can't believe I forgot Chiz. So, yeah, yeah, and Chiz. How, how was it? Um – not good. <laughs> you can look at my results and know it wasn't good. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't ready. You know, I'd never, I had never ridden a Supercross track. I had never been to a Supercross. You know, I'd never been in that type of atmosphere, you know. Um, I don't think I was treated the greatest, you know, there. Um, obviously, I was a new kid. You know, I don't think there was a whole lot of budget money for all the good stuff, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of kind of different, you know. It wasn't really what I thought it was going to be, you know. Um, and it set me up for a real rough next couple of years, you know. Yeah. Um, well, didn't you say that you know? at one point you got a motor, somebody got hurt, and you got a motor, and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> right? Yeah, I rode a – yeah, last night at Steel City, I was I went down for first practice. I think Tommy Hahn was hurt. And I – did my start 
and I went up the hill at Steel City off the gate, you know, mm-hmm. I was up yeah. the hill around the left. And I looked down, and I was just like, am I on the same bike? And I was like, what the heck? Um, and I couldn't <laughs> believe how fast the bike was. And it turned out to be one of my best nationals. You know, I think I went 8.13 that day, and I came back from the last to get 13th. But, yeah. um you know, and even even during that time that year, you know, it's just it was a cluster. I was staying in Oklahoma with Trey uh, and Jimmy Albertson, and mm-hmm. Greg Albertson was wrenching on my stuff. And there's a point like I had a couple of practice motors, and they were all blown up from weird stuff happening. Uh-huh. Um, and I was actually renting Brett Q's Honda 450 <laughs> during the week for most of the outdoor season. Oh, jeez! Then I was showing up on the race. Races riding the Cali to the DF. Um, wow! You know, but that was the only way I was going to get my time in. You know, I just didn't have a motor. And the team hires you, know, you and has no that. motor for has no bikes and no practice bikes. Yeah. No. It was, oh, geez. it was weird. Um, um, and you know, most of the other guys all had, you know, they had 450s to ride outdoors. Mm-hmm. You know, like the other guys on my team, I never had a 450 outdoors to ride. But I did have Brett Hughes on the 450 to ride. <laughs> <laughs> to ride. Nice. And Brett, I think, was actually charging me like 150 bucks a week to ride his bike. So it wasn't terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, why not? It'll help. But yeah, so, but that that year was, you know, it's fun because it was actually the first time, like, I got to really hang out with Jimmy and, and Trey. We had a lot of good times that summer. Uh-huh. Um, and that's how Jimmy and I came pretty, pretty tight. But... Yeah, it was interesting because we were down there training with Greg Dorenzo. Oh yeah, um, yeah, Greg Dorenzo. Yep, and uh, you know Trey was Trey was king shit because he had just won his championship and stuff, and you know he did good that year in outdoors until he broke his femur. So um, yeah, it was pretty cool. But yeah, that was that was a rough year. That's. Um, I try and forget about it as much as possible. Honestly. Well, there's a crash that you had. Somebody filmed you at the Cowie track, and oh, it's yeah, unbelievable, yeah, it's unbelievable yeah. crash. Yeah, that was, that was bad, and I took some. I took a lot of heat over that too because I don't know stuff there is confidential or whatever, and somehow it got out on <laughs> social media at the time, and I had to write a letter and apologize. And oh, jeez. Like, yeah, it was kind of a cluster. Now you know. Now in hindsight, everything you know. Yeah. People just video whatever they want at test tracks. You know right, what I mean? Right, so, right. but yeah, that was a, that was another get off. Like for example, I don't. I just knocked the wind out of myself and got up and. Right. Walked off, you know. Um, um, the, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Let's back up a little bit. Your first ever national at Broome, you talked about it. You wanted to go, go there before it went away. Uh, you go mm-hmm. twenty thirty seven. What happened to the second moto? Actually, I was doing awesome. Mm-hmm. I think I was maybe running about seventh battle with Sipes because he's on the WBR team. And I was just like, all right, sick. And, yeah, yeah. You know, along, along the roadside. The um, Supercross section? There's like a tip. Yeah, the yeah. supercross section. Yeah. Yep, I weeded it there. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I basically bit my tongue off and whatnot. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, that was it. So, you got, but you got, I remember. Uh, 20th, did, I, did I score points the first moto? Twentieth place. I thought I got nineteenth. Twentieth. Brian. 20th, Brian Gray so got. Hey, Brian Gray got nineteenth, and Marty was right behind you. Davalos. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he's still okay, there. Yeah. He's still there, bro. <laughs> End of 2006. Um, That's funny. 
you uh, yeah you got tw- you went 21 uh 21 37 for one or 20 37 for one point um weimer yeah. finished a couple spots behind you were you were uh seven spots behind dungy who went 13 13 that day uh interesting mm-hmm. to look back mm-hmm. on that but at least like dude to step into your yeah. first national moto and score a point i think that's pretty good even though it was broom you know yeah, I don't. It's it's so like I was super disappointed. My old man was pissed. You know what I mean? Because I I did get tired, so I went out and I sent it that second moto. Yeah, you know, and I I felt good, and yeah, I just biffed it. You know, but I didn't care. I ran top ten for a couple laps. I think it was maybe six or seven. Yeah, it's not long enough, but. By the seventh lap or sixth lap, my eyes are rolling in the back of my head anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wasn't going to finish the moto. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I went out in spectacular fashion. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy because I think he'll race that day. And I think he went 2-5 or 5-2. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he did, yeah, he did awesome. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, looking back, it feels so long ago, though. So, <laughs> I know, huh? um, I wish I would have done it totally different, to be honest with you. So, it's it's pretty yeah. Crazy, yeah, it's a real real self-made career. You really you really did. I mean, even though even though I talk about you being hyped as an amateur and you were a little bit um you know, it was really self-made. Nobody at those early races, you know, let's you know, you finished top 10 in 450 outdoors. You, you make mm-hmm. supercross mains. And I don't know if anybody would have said, "Yeah, that guy right there laying by the side of the fence in Binghamton, uh, <laughs> you know, he's going to do all of this. He's going to run yeah. top 5 in outdoor nationals, you know?" So yeah, and 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 to be honest with you, it's you know I I kind of left them out. But if it wasn't for um, Doctor Moresco, which I've I know you heard me talk about yeah. it before, my career would have ended a long time ago. You know. Yeah, um, like how did you meet you him? Know, What's the deal with him? So it's pretty pretty funny. So he actually the, be- the beginning of 2006 it was a Northeast Classic race, which is a big big race in the Northeast back then. Um, I was loading my stuff up at the end of the day, and he walked up to my trailer. You know, I just, you know, a little 7 by 12 yeah. trailer. And he gave me his card, and he was just like, hey, you know, um, my name's Dr. Mareska. If you ever need anything, here's my card. So I said, okay, sweet. Well, at the end of 2006, sometime in October, mm-hmm. I broke my radius and ulna in my forearm. Basically, I snapped it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, you know, I need a doctor to be able to look at this and tell me what the heck's going on. So I emailed him. I didn't get a reply. I emailed him again. I finally got a reply from the secretary. He goes, you know, uh, Dr. Moresco will call you at 7 o'clock tonight. Well, he called me, and I talked to him for two and a half hours on the phone. Wow. And, yep, and he said, well, is there anything you need? And I said, well, I was kind of looking for some advice on my, you know, uh, yeah. my arm. And he's just like, what do you need help with anything else? And, you know, he's like, you need money for help, you know, to get to the races or anything? And I said, you know, I said, if you, would you, if you would like to help me, I said, that'd be great. You know, I can run your sticker and stuff like that. He goes, absolutely no problem. Well, he sent me a check. Two days later, showed up at my house. And ever since that day, uh-huh. he has been a family friend. He's helped me. Um, and there's like, there's not, real, the there's not really anything in it for him too much. And that's awesome. Like, it's absolutely, not like, yeah. Absolutely nothing. No, he's, you know, at the time he had, a, um, you know, a little boy riding who's now, basically graduated from from college which is pretty yeah. crazy um and yeah there was, i i don't understand why he liked me so much we just i don't for some reason we got along really good and he helped me for a long time and he he got me through a lot of really tough situations you know when it came to my professional career mm-hmm. um you know it's uh, i mean honestly yeah. i think i would have stopped probably in 2000 
10 if it wasn't for him, you know? Um, so it's pretty, pretty ironic. And to this day, still, still a part of my program with myself and, and, and JGR and Mm -hmm. and any other team I had been on. So it's pretty, you know, he actually gave me the time to be able to develop myself again and, you know, kind of make a name for myself, I guess. So who do you ride for in 09 on a Honda? Uh, Team Solitaire, Ryan oh, Clark. Oh, okay. I forgot. See, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, and he had that Brondo deal and yep. kind of went under. So then the team basically went under. Um, and at the end of the outdoors, I actually had knee surgery done in 09. So mm-hmm. I missed most of the year anyway. So, and we had a lot of bikes blown up and all the supercrosses and stuff. So it was, it was really a shitty year again. Um, yeah. And, and also, too. Not only a shitty year for you, a little bit of eye opener for you uh, uh, on how teams work at the pro level. Like you've already had two, yeah, teams that are like yeah. you're like really this is how it is. Like yeah, yeah. And I was like, I I was being put through the ringer, and that wasn't even the start of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. 2009. <laughs> it's just like man, I got <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, so it's just like. Yeah, but, I mean, Ryan Clark, and it wasn't his fault because he is an awesome guy, you yeah. know? Yeah, he just um, didn't have the money. And he, you know, he ran out of money, and he still, you know, I, and obviously I had a salary with him, and he still continued to pay me my salary. Yeah. And it went on for a couple of years. You know, every once in a while, I, I, you know, he'd, I'd give a check from him. So even for that, it was pretty unbelievable. So yeah. And even when I see him nowadays, it's super process because he still helps some of the mm-hmm. team out and stuff. I still yeah. talk to him. It, you know, said hi to his little boy. So I have much respect for him. Um, but it was just, you know, like, you know, it's yeah. a money driven sport, you know, um, no money, there's no functioning. So it's kind of, kind of a bummer. Um, you know, which led me to have another rough year. Um, and at the end of the year of 09, last four nationals, when I came back, um, Dr. Mareska had helped, you know, get me some bikes and some motors to be able to mm-hmm. race the last couple nationals. But it was still a continued disaster. So <laughs> I, was, I was pretty bummed. I was just like, please bring on 2010. Yeah. You know, I was just ready to wipe the slate clean again. So, um, in 2010, you, sh- you get a KTM deal through Tony Alessi, right? And mm-hmm. he starts, mm-hmm. how, how, how does that happen? And this is where you start putting in like seven, six, eight, seven. You start getting some real results on a KTM 250F. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my doctor friend was friends with the Alessis as well. He okay. helped Mike out with some injury stuff, you know, that he had through the crew, you know, his career and stuff. Um, and Doc was a big fan of KTM's back then. So we did a, I was actually, I think, one of the original factory service program riders for oh, okay. KTM. Yeah. Um, and we hired, you know, Terry Varner um, to be my mechanic and barn dog actually did my motors in 2007. So I had a, already a pretty good relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the best years I've ever had with, you know, as far as fun wise traveling yep. in the sprinter van. And, yep. you know, even though I wasn't out of a semi, I didn't give a shit because my motors were good. And, you know, I had tracks to ride up at the Alessis. Yep. Um, and the program was just solid. Bond Dog was working on my bikes 24-7. It was just, and that was the most factory I had felt, even though that was the most privateer I had been. True, right? You know? Yeah, look how funny um, is that. Yeah. And 
and having Barner there, and he had so much knowledge, and he had been through the ringer as well. So it's just kind of cool to to blend the two and, uh-huh. you know, just have a good year. You know, and Varner would wear his cowboy hat down to the starting line, and, <laughs> you know, we would, you know, with a big fat dip in. And yeah. it was just, Varner uh, is, uh, yeah. is something else. I tried to do a podcast with him a few times, Philly, just – Never got back to me. I wish he's, he's such a space cadet, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I tell you what, it could probably be one of the greatest podcasts ever. Right? Podcast. I know. I mean, he um, responded one time and said, sure, and then it just never really went anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, I, spent, I got so many stories. I spent a week with him at Loretta's uh, when I worked for Honda, FMF Honda. We I had to stay back because my rider was hurt. Danny Smith got hurt. And I had to stay oh, back. I at, bet you that was it. I had to stay back, and we were supposed to go to the track and check on these quads. Which are literally back then they were like 1987 quads still because there was no new models. Yep. And Varn Dog yep. would check in and be like, "Yo, all right?" God be like, "Yep." And we'd be go drink beer and fish. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did Varn drink Corona back then? Too? Oh, pounded Coronas. Yeah, pounded them, boy. And yeah, he's. They love Corona back in 2010, too. Yeah, you know? he said to me, he's yeah. like, all right, we're good. Like, you want to go catch some fish? I'm like, all right. I didn't even really fish, but whatever. We sat in a <laughs> pond and drank Coronas uh, and fish. That's, oh. that's funny. Yeah, he... Yeah, we we had some good times, and yep. you know he you know he held me accountable, put my laps in at the track, and he was actually really good at it. And he was really genuine. So, mm-hmm. and we had an awesome year. We I think we got eighth that year in Supercross, and and I didn't make one of the rounds. And uh, actually, yeah, I think the one round I landed on Morris, which oh. I'm known for. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, yeah exactly. Pingree was not that, happy with you. Night. Pingree oh, was no, <laughs> I think that yeah, that's where the hate with Pingree started with me. You know. Um, <laughs> And then it trans, you know, and then later that summer I kicked Sealy in the nuts and then Pinger even hating even more, you know, <laughs> so it's <was> kind of, <laughs> yeah, it just was not a good year for Ping and I. Um, um, but, but Tony, yeah, so but Tony cool. and Tony ran a good program, right? Like, like he was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony, it's, it's, it's crazy because Tony set it up, but he was never there, you know, okay. like I was living in the high des yeah. by myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Alessis were gone. Like, they didn't race Supercross that year mm-hmm. because that was the year of the 350. Yeah. And he was yeah. just racing outdoors, okay. you know. Um, so they were in France racing or yeah, not France, Yeah, they did Europe GPs, racing. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was basically, yeah, spent the, you know, the winter in the high days by myself, you know. Um, I hung out with Chris Gossler a lot. And uh, he's kind of like my riding partner at the time. Um, but I was actually able to um, fill in for factory KTM for three or four rounds, actually, because Searle had gotten hurt. Oh, so okay. That was awesome. Yep. Um, Casey Lytle was a team manager. Uh, him and um, Leighton Rice uh-huh. uh, were actually super cool, so they put me on the bike. Um, and that was like, I was just like, finally, it's yeah. like factory level. You know what I mean? Um, everything about that year and winter was and summer was was awesome. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of kind of an eye opener for like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be, <laughs> right? Um, Barn dog, you know, and Barn dog. yeah, and and they even you know normally factory you know factory team like that doesn't let you bring your mechanic no. to the team, no. you know, but they let Barn Dog wrench on my bike, you know, on race day, you know. Um, so that, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, you kicked Sealy in the nuts. What happened there? Uh, Hangtown, second moto. Uh-huh. I think Sealy and I were like ninth and 10th. Our lines crossed. I mean, Sealy says I cut him off, but our lines legit crossed <laughs> and he landed on me. Okay. I, I remember 
I got landed. <laughs> right, right. So, so Cole, I'm getting on my bike. Cole comes up in here like and he pushes me. So as he pushes me, like, as I'm taking off, I kicked him in the nuts. You know, and someone got a picture of, like, my foot connecting with his balls, you know. And I had one more lap, and I came around the next lap, and Cole was still laying there. Oh, jeez. You know, so I got, I got him pretty good. But, you know, so I hated Cole for a while. Right. Um, you know, and he and I are now, we're, we're okay until Detroit last year where he took me out. And then I hated him again. And then we kind of, you know, kissed and made up at the monster party because we were drunk. Right, um, right. You know, so, yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, no, I know. And I was able in 2000, yeah, I was able in 2010 to ride for factory KTM again and outdoors for a couple of rounds. Chris Sorrell was hurt again. Um, but I had left the Alessis. And I came back to New York because some things kind of got a little rough. Um, <laughs> I, don't so, even, I don't even want to know. I don't yeah, even know. So I, yeah, so I, I came back, packed all my stuff in a U-Haul box, <laughs> shipped it all the way back to New York. U-Haul box ended up getting lost for a month and a half. Couldn't oh, jeez. There's two two bikes in there, my bicycles, everything. I There's no, no, I don't, I don't understand how it got lost. Yeah, how does it get lost? It. What? <laughs> uh, no idea. U-Haul no would have idea. been into you for some money if they had not been able to find it. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so it disappeared, and a month and a half later, my practice bikes finally showed up, and I was just racing on the weekends on my race bike. Oh, jeez. You know, wow. just not riding for a month and a half. So well, what, Until I got the factory KTM deal mm-hmm. and got to ride the last five, I think, so that was cool. Uh, so then you got a ride in Australia? Yeah, yep. so during the time I was staying uh, in the high des, I met Troy Carroll, who runs the Monster Energy Kawasaki team over yep. there. Um, and he called me. Um, I was actually doing a deal with Al Allbiker for Supercross. Um, okay. And I had yep. just got the Club MX for the first time in the beginning of 2010. And... Um, I was doing this deal with Al, and I was supposed to kind of be getting paid some money, and I really wasn't getting paid. It was just like little bits at a time, and uh-huh. I was living out of a fifth wheel with two other guys, um, <laughs> which it was fun. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I had a blast, but it was just like, man, you know, it's like I'm back to square one again, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and Troy called me and said, hey, you know, Cali Monster wants to do a lights guy um, over here in Australia. Do you, are you interested? I said, how much? He told me the price. I was just like, you booked my ticket. I said, I'll come over there. I left two days later, and I went to Australia with just a little duffel bag. Really, huh? Um, no gear, no yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I bolted. Um, I was 21, um, so I, I just left. I went and lived in Australia for eight months. So How cool was that? And, uh, it was awesome. You know, I was just like, I was a little, you know, a little gun-shy at first about going over there. It took me about an hour or two to, like, really you know, convince myself that I wanted to go do it. But I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to make any money here in the U.S. Yep. And the idea is to try and make money at riding a dirt bike. Yes. This is what I got to do. And, yeah, I talked to my old man. And he's just like, it's, you know, that's what you got to do. You got to go over there. So yeah. I went and you know, made some money, got some bonus money, and it was actually the best deal um, for me. And I was going to stay. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to stay in 2012. I had kind of had a two-year deal lined up. And I got banned. So. Yeah, what, like did you like? Okay, did did someone screw up the paperwork, or were you kind of doing it on the yeah. sly? Or? Yeah. Um, so the deal was, I was with Monster. Monster paid salary, and then mm-hmm. Cali was supposed to handle my work, working or my sporting visa. Yeah, sporting. Um, 
So when I landed in Australia, I was there on a touring visa. I was good for 90 days. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, sweet. So I filled out all my paperwork, and I gave it to Cowie. And when I gave it to Cowie, I thought I was good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just like, okay, they'll handle it there yeah. on their end with immigration or whatever, and I'm good to go. So I didn't even follow up on it, which may, maybe it was my mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, now I look back on it, right. maybe I should have made a phone call then, like, hey, what the heck's going yeah, on? Yeah. How's it going? But right. I didn't. So I went to go leave the country, um, you know, so I could come back and race Supercross for the other team. And mm-hmm. when I when I went to leave Brisbane, I went through immigration, and the immigration officer looked at me. It was just like, uh, you've been here for five months longer than what you're supposed to. And I'm like, huh? I was like, I'm here on a touring visa, mate, or on a sporting, sporting visa, visa. Like, I'm good. He goes, no, he goes, your touring visa expired, you know, five months ago. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. Uh. And right before I could even say anything, he stamped my passport. Uh-huh. And I walked in the immigration room, and I was around, like, five immigration officers, and I had Kawasaki on the phone, and I had tax papers, and I had all this stuff showing them, like, listen, I was here working, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. showing them that I was legit for what I was doing, and they didn't have it. They they kicked me out of there for three years, you know? Wow. I spent, like, six grand appealing it. You know, I appealed it twice. It was, like, two grand a pop or something like that. Damn. Um, and yeah, I got turned down both times, you know, so I mean, could you have gone to jail or no? Was that never an option? Uh, No, no, I couldn't have gone to jail. They just deported deported my ass. Beat it. Yeah. You're, you're going back, you know? So I was just like, all right. So I was just like, you know what? I'll just handle this when I get back to New York, you know what I mean? it didn't get handled. I just, you know, I couldn't get back over there. And I was really bummed too, because at that point in time, when I got back here, it was the basically the end of August, so the mm-hmm. nationals were pretty much done. And teams, you know, I went to Steel City at the end of 2011 mm-hmm. and tried to talk to some teams, but some teams weren't having it. They were filled up and this and that. And um, well, you, you're gone too. You're out of sight, out of mind for sure. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind. They don't really care. Australia really wasn't that big. They didn't know what was going on. Right, you right. You know what I mean? But, you know, and I felt really good in 2011. You know, I was racing Matt Moss in Australia, and he was super fast over there. Obviously, I lost the championship to him. But mm-hmm. uh, And Kirk Gibbs beat me as well, who was another fast Aussie dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, I was really gutted because um, I had to be able to go back and make more money, and I was left with, nothing again you know um, i was just like i was jobless i was like what the hell what yeah um another blow so another, yeah another another, another yeah just another kick to the nuts and um and lo and behold you know uh you know my friend you know dr mariska helped me yep. again in 2012 for you know i think one of the first times i've really met you um and that was another no 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 we met good no, we met the first time uh, in when you were riding KTM's. You actually said, "Hey, man, uh, thank you for writing uh, uh, nice things about me" or something. When I, I I was like, "Hey, this this guy's riding really well." You know, he's out of a van. Mm-hmm. He's riding really well. And you were like, "Ah, uh, okay, actually, yeah." You know what? I I do remember that. You I were like, "Hey, th- thank you." No, nobody ever thanks me, so it's it stuck out of my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I forgot where that was at. But the first time I actually really got to know who you were was in 2012 um when you know 
Alex and I and stuff when I actually first met Alex and stuff. So right. Well, um, um, yeah, and that's yeah. The, that was the eleven ten. So uh, your doctor helped you. Your doctor friend helped you with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he helped because Chad uh, Sanner. He obviously he was doing the deal um, again with just Alex, um, but obviously. Chad can build a motor, you know what I mean? So yeah. I knew, I was just like, I just want to get a good bike. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we did that. Um, so no, I'm doc- or Chad was just like, listen, I can't really afford it or whatever. You know, if you help, you know, fund yeah. the program, you know, we can do everything and pitch off a little bit to the side and whatever. So my doctor said, yeah, you know, that you yeah. know, sounds great. So I was fortunate enough to have that. Um, and lo and behold, that's where I met Alex, and Alex and I somehow became really good friends. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, because he's a weird dude. He, he, but, or he was a weird dude at the time. Um, he said, <laughs> you know? he said that the first time he met you was at club. Uh, you were on, you were, you're riding for Al Albaker, and you went and did a 35 yep. lap moto. Uh, and if the bike, the bike broke, uh, you left. You said, I'm out of here. I'm out. I'm going to Australia. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly how it was. Because that's actually, I did meet Alex because he was at club. Yeah. But Alex was so, God, he was so weird and socially awkward at the time. <laughs> um, you I, know, and I was hanging around. I was actually hanging around with Zach Osborne most of the time, not even Alex. You know what I mean? Alex wasn't even in the picture. Um, well, I got to Alex. Well, Alex won't yeah. listen to this, but like he rode for Alan Brown one year, right? Um, yeah. And, and Alan Allen was like, and, "Yeah, dude, he's kind of weird." Like yeah, kind of, oh yeah. Alex was super socially <laughs> awkward. You know what I mean? I got, I don't, you know what? I will take credibility for fixing that. Right, you know right. I mean? So yeah. I think I opened up his eyes to a whole new world. You know, whether it was good or bad. You yeah. know what I mean? Most of it was bad. But, um, <laughs> no, it was cool. So, yeah, at that point in time in 2010, beginning of 2011, um, he was at club and I was at club, but we didn't really know each other. And okay. then I went to Australia. And then I came back. And we did the eleven ten deal, but he had left club and he went to GPF. Um, and I drove down to GPF to actually ride the race bike for eleven ten for the first time. Um, but they wouldn't meet us at GPF. They said they couldn't. So then Alex and I, first time I really hung out with him, we spent a seven hour trip from GPF to Club MX, and ever since then we're just buds. Yeah. So. Kind of, kind of weird. And, but, you, and you helped him. Yeah. Ign- you helped him get over his social aw- awkwardness. Um, yep, yep. We lived each other with each other for the next three years. So um, weird. Now I wrote a big story about this oral history of eleven ten mods. Uh, you, yep. and, you mm-hmm. and Alex are all over. It. I talked to Billy and uh, Nate and everybody else, and and Sander wouldn't wouldn't get back to me. Wouldn't wouldn't talk to me about it. Um, yep. And there was a lot of controversy about the story I wrote, mm-hmm. the oral history mm-hmm. story. But for the record. Everything in there was absolutely true, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was true. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of other guys that say the same thing. You no, know I, I mean? know, it's, I but like, you know, but and and listen, like, it's hard because it did suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to look back on it, like it was, it was still at the time it sucked. A couple of years, two years after, it still sucked. But now it's, I look back and it's just like, you know what? It's kind of cool, you know, to the things that we did, you know, some of the dumb decisions that we did, the places <laughs> we drove to, how we struggled to get there. Um, you know, it's kind of, kind of interesting, you know, and yeah. um, you know, and at the end of 2012, I just had to make a decision to part ways um, with 1110, and 
went back to being out of another box van. Yeah, riding a 450, um, right? Me. You got on a 450. Yeah, riding a 450, um, you know, and JGR had built, you know, uh, me a motor on a 2011 Honda 450 that a buddy had lent me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I was racing a 2011, practicing on a 2012 because Dr. Moresk had bought me a uh, 2012 450. Mm-hmm. And I went and did uh, yeah, the last two nationals and got two top tens at, um, at two out of the three. And it was just like, you know, I can yeah. still, I still know how to ride a dirt bike. You yeah. know? Your your results um, for 1110, though, are so fifth in Arlington, 19, 20, 20, fifth in Houston. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, I know. And if I got the bike somewhere, and if, if the bike worked, you did well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I know, and I'll jump forward to riding a light bike now. But if you go back, Steve, and you look at my results from oh eight, oh nine, ten, not racing in eleven, and then eleven, ten in two thousand twelve, like I just didn't have any experience. Yeah, yeah. you know, like I had zero. Right, and. To then at the end of 2012, you know, we go into 2013, you know, with the NFAB Tyloob uh, yep. Yamaha team to ride a 450. I did not want to do that, you know. Um, okay. But my doc, my doctor buddy wanted to do that with Alan Brown, mm-hmm. um, and that's really the only thing. Believe it or not, I wanted to do the 1110 deal again. What? Because Chad was <laughs> because he was getting Yamaha support. Mm-hmm. You know, True. which I right. thought that was going to be the greatest thing for Chad. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, that's his break. You know, that'll help him. Maybe he'll be able to hire certain people. You uh, know, yeah, Alex stayed. Alex stayed. It. it didn't. It didn't get any better. Yeah, and Alex <laughs> stayed. Yeah, Ben, it just did not turn out good. No, you know? no. I mean, you know, so, and I did the, and I went with Alan Brown and the NFAB deal, and that's when that whole relationship yeah. started. And. And it didn't start off very good, you know, um, riding a 450 Supercross because I just didn't have any experience. I was a fish out of water, didn't know what the hell I was doing. Right. Didn't know how to skim loops, didn't know how to do anything. And I hated it for the first eight rounds. And yeah. I was living with Zach in California. And, I mean, depression was at a full <laughs> max. All you know? time. Um, yeah, like I didn't even want to talk to people. Um, you know, I wasn't making main events and um I think I didn't make the first seven or eight main yeah. events in two thousand thirteen, you know, and I just wanted to quit, honestly. And Blos and, and Blos was making them, right? I think. He was your yeah, teammate, Blos, right? Yeah. Blos, yeah, and Chris, and Chris was making them at the time. So I was like, I felt like a real piece of shit then, you know, because I'm like, I'm I'm the shitty guy on the team, you know what I mean? <laughs> um and, and Chris was doing and Chris was doing pretty good and some somehow at St. Louis, um it's you know, it switched. I made the main event. Yeah. Um I had a yard sale. I didn't even finish the main, but after that, I started making every main. I think I got two top ten top tens that year yep. in 2013, and I finished 17th in the series somehow. Yeah, um, you're like, hey, wait you know, a minute, I, like, yeah, yeah, and I got, and I, I couldn't believe it. And I actually kind of figured it out. And to be honest with you, during that whole time when I started making mains, I didn't practice supercross one time. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> Why? Not, not once. Why? Because no, I, I was I was just so over it. And I was just like, and after, and the week before St. Louis, I had just done outdoor at club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was staying at club. And I was just like, I'm so over this shit. I'm just going to ride my Supercross suspension mm-hmm. on an outdoor track. And I did that for the next eight or seven weeks. <laughs> and, and I made every single main event. And I actually rode pretty decent. Um, and yes, and I don't even understand, but yeah, I got 17th in points and wow. I was just ready for outdoors, you know? Yeah. And cause I, you know, and I wanted to do good in outdoors. And I think that's finally when I started making some gains so it was 2013 outdoors. Now you did, know? did, uh, I know, uh, our mutual friend, Eddie Ray knows Thomas mm-hmm. Victor from NFAB well, and, 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 you know, uh, your doctor friend and the, and he was on the team along with Thomas. How yeah. did you get the ride? Was it through Eddie telling Thomas, "Let's get Phil on the mm-hmm. team"? Or because I don't, you didn't know Alan Brown really. So how did that? No, happen? no, it's actually it was from um, Doctor Moreska. Uh, he was friends with Alan back Motor Triple X days with Jeff Alessi. Oh, okay, um, sure, yeah, right. Yep. So that's so that's how that connection was, um, and. You know, and Alan didn't have to take me. You know what I mean? There's plenty of other people on the list. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, but he did, and I was under-delivering, but I think toward the end, like, I started over-delivering. You know, well, I yeah, your outdoors money, was great. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah, like, I, w- I made zero money. It was just purse money that I was making, you know, and I was Moose's, you know, basically first rider, and I really wasn't making anything from Moose. Or I wasn't getting any money anywhere. It was just basically first money <laughs> and then my travel money I was getting from the team. You are rocking. You, know, you so. are still rocking Moose. You are still. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm a diehard Moose guy. <laughs> yeah, then I'm going to stick to him for as long as I can, you know, because they stuck by me for a long-ass time, um, you know. Hold um, on. I'm, I'm still reeling from the news that Alan Brown, uh, ran a tight ship and money wasn't flowing. Hold on, I'm still, I still can't believe it. I just let me, let me, let me soak that in for a second. Oh, man, <laughs> let me tell you, it was tough. Ah, oh. like yeah, I mean, I think there's times you know outdoors. I was just running a stock bike with a you know white skull piston or something. Right, right. I don't even know. Right, you know right. what I mean, but. I tried to ride the shit out of that bike, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was practicing with Brayton, you know, pretty much every day down at Club MX, and he was on the JGR Yamaha, and I was just like, God, dude, I, you know. Mm-hmm. I was drooling over that bike every time he drove down, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And he had parts, and my seat was basically falling off, sounds, you know, pipe falling off. And, yeah. you know, they, they helped me out. They gave me some plastics here and there, you know what I mean? And I'm pretty sure I ran a number 10 and a number 33, side plates for a, a whole month down at club. You know what I mean? I just left them on there. I didn't even care. Right. You know, and and there was times like I couldn't get a clutch from, the, you know, my team, so they would give me some clutch, you know, the, his practice bike mechanic and race mechanic, Brayton's, they'd give me, right. his, you know, leftover clutch or whatever, just right. to get me by. You know, because there just wasn't, like I said, there just wasn't any money for any of the stuff, you know? Um... But I had a, you know, I felt like I had a really good year. I got 14th in points, but I had a lot of DNFs, you know. Yeah. Not not a lot, but yeah. enough that would have, I think I would have got, you know, maybe ninth or 10th in the championship. Um, you know, so right. I kind of sucked a little bit. But I had speed, and I had a lot of top 10s, and, mm-hmm. you know, I felt strong. So 
Um, um, and I put in a lot of work that summer too. So yeah, you really cool yeah you really started coming on results for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's cool. Uh, going back to the eleven ten mod story, I think my favorite story. Uh, not the time you ran out of gas at Freestone, and, and not the time that uh, you rolled the windows up when the bike kept, quit, quit quit working in Supercross week in and week out. It was when the team, my favorite story, I think, was the team couldn't afford it or didn't go to Red Bud, and you and Amart went in a van, and your bikes, yeah. broke, your bikes broke. Yeah. God, that sucked. Huh. And it, <laughs> me and my mechanic. Alex is mechanic Billy, and yeah. Alex is now um, fiance. Uh, we drove up there in his van. It was a nine hours or whatever, yeah. seven not seven hours. We got up there, and that that year, Red Bud was the hottest year. Red Bud, holy balls! And we didn't have AC or anything. And Alex drove all the way up there. Yeah, and this was it the second lap of practice. His bike blew up, you know. <laughs> um, so he drove all the way up there. You know, we split gas and whatnot, and. Um, actually, no, you know what? We didn't split gas. He paid for gas because he was going to get reimbursed by Chad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was just right. like, all right, dude, it's on you. You know, like, you can fight this bullet. Um, and, yeah, we went up there and we did horrible. Right. You know, it's just another <laughs> shitty ride. Um, like, literally no results, all this money spent, all this time, and nothing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we all just slept in a hotel room together, and, it, yeah, it, it sucked. Um, but there's another funny story at Budge Creek. I just came back. Uh, I think I had gotten eighth or something in the moto. I think I went 12-8 for 10th. It was the first top 10 all year at Budge Creek. But two years, with two laps to go, my bike was barely going to make it. And as I'm on the way back to the truck when I crossed the finish line, riding through the pits, my bike blows up. And I coasted right. it to the box. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there, you know, Alex comes back, I think he got fifteenth or something. Mm-hmm. And as he's riding up, you hear his bike go, yeah, clank <laughs> and his bike just blows. <laughs> and the- I go, Did your bike just blow up? And like, you know, my eyes are rolling in the back of right. I'm tired. He goes, Dude, my bike just blew up. <laughs> and I was just like, Holy shit. And prior to that day in the morning, we had blown up two motors. <laughs> You know, so we had to do two engine swaps. He and I, uh, well, the team did, but we had yeah. blown up four engines that day. You know, so just yeah, pretty crazy. Oh, those you times! Know, but, no, yeah, yeah. So it all yeah, made, but it, back to 2013. Yeah, yeah, it made yeah, it was all it, it all made it worth it for 2013. Yeah, so. you know what I mean. It's all part of the game. But man, have you had some ups and downs for sure? Like holy yeah, shit, you know, yeah. like yeah, it was. And, and the reason I did the 1110 story was because you were on JGR and killing it. Amart won a moto, you know, on the Rock River team, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, a Nate mm-hmm. Nate was working for Shorty, who was doing great. And I'm like, look at these guys. Yeah. The reason I yeah. did the story was because these three dudes have been through the shit, and now look at yeah. them, you know. And that yeah. was the reason like, the story came together, and it didn't all go over well with everybody. But I stand by it. Yeah. I liked it. But yeah, but and I, listen, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not bragging. You know, but that was a true privateer island days. Like that was, <laughs> I mean, that was about as low in the barrel as you can get. You yeah. know, like we were, <laughs> we didn't have two pennies to rub together. You know what I mean? It was kind of, you know, so it was, it, it was cool. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy, you know, for the way the success is, you know, even though Alex has had more success than me now, you know what I mean? It's still cool <laughs> because it was the opposite for a little while. Yeah. He was struggling, yeah. you know, at 13 and 14.
2018, but it's all turned around, you know, which is pretty pretty unbelievable. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a great story. It's a it's a it's a story about never quitting. Nate slept in a mm-hmm. tent. Nate was in a tent, and, and yeah. you know Billy was trying to learn the ropes. And uh, I just think it's a great story. And and your whole career yeah. from the Cannon Day thing to going to Australia mm-hmm. to to Varn Dog in mm-hmm. a van. Just don't quit. Yeah. Don't quit. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, it's 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 not, you know, and yeah, after 2013, like I was hoping, you know, for 2014 to, you know, do something with Alan and still, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe make some more money and stuff like that, but it just didn't didn't quite work out like that, you know. Um, but different, a total, you know, a whole new relationship emerged from yeah. from that year and yep. brought on a whole new, you know. Um, I don't even know. A whole new blessing, I guess. Yeah. You know, kind of sure. yeah. kind of worked out awesome. Yeah, know, I with, think so. With Tom uh, I mean, and Fab, so. Yeah, exactly. Thomas and Fab and uh, and uh, Koi and, and the guys at JGR. And, I mean, they had a fill-in spot for you, and we all laughed. Mm-hmm. We didn't laugh about it, but we're like, holy, that's weird, and why would Phil want to do that? Phil's riding really good, yeah. and I don't know about that. It's never been done before, and I think it's I think it's a great idea, and it's really worked out mm-hmm. well. You got in over mm-hmm. half the races, if not more, every single year. Um, yep. You know, yep. so, yeah. It, know. Uh, it, us- yeah, it's crazy. And it's hard because <laughs> when I had the, 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 the chance to be able to do that with, with JGR, um, you know, to only be guaranteed three Supercrosses and three outdoors. Yeah. After what I had done in 2013, even though JGR was like the elite of the elite, yeah, to me it was still kind of a kick in the nuts. Yep, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, think about but, that. You were you were told uh, you're going to ride six times, six know? times all yep. year. Yep, all year. You know, um, and I was ready. And, and obviously, I think the guys on the team they didn't really know me all that well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't think they really cared who I was. You know, so it's kind of, you know, it's it a little awkward at first. And, um, you know, my first race with them in San Diego didn't go very well. But, you know, I got the bike into the main event. I ripped a lot of hole shots with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of turned into, you know, just an awesome relationship. Um, you know, I think that year I got seven, seven total supercrosses and six outdoors with them. Um, you know, but it, it, when I had the choice to be able to do it, I just wanted to go back to not having to worry about if I could get a clutch or brake yeah. pads yep. or a chain, yep. you know what I mean? Like I just didn't want to do it anymore. Um, you know, it, there's nothing worse when you got to go do a 35 in a moto, but your chain looks like it's just been <laughs> ran through the Baja 1000, right. you know what I mean? And I just right. didn't want to have to deal with worrying if it was going to snap on me, you know? And and when I went to JGR in 2014, it was <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like, I didn't have to worry about parts, but I went on the same bike all year, you know? Same yeah. frame, <laughs> you know? Um, like, I didn't, you know, now we kind of get two bikes or three bikes or whatever throughout the course of a year, or it's always getting framed. But my one bike had, like, 200 and some hours Did on it. Did it really? You oh, know, and I nice. rode the, yeah, I rode the absolute piss out of it, and... You know, I was basically like a durability tester for the guys, you know. <laughs> um, but they should have kept it. They should have framed that. You know, not framed it, but put it in a trophy it, yeah, box. Yeah, you know? exactly. So it's, um, yeah, and, pretty cool. Was, those guys, uh, yeah. JG, I mean, they love you. You love riding for them. All the guys, you know what I mean? It's a real good fit. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's, uh, and, and, you know, we've, we've talked about it before and, you know, from, even from 2008, my rookie year to now, I never would have thought I'd be in this position, Mm -hmm. but even from 2014 to now, I would never thought I'd be in this position with JGR still. Right. You know what I mean? Um, You know, the way it's kind of transpired into what it is and the way that the guys are and their etiquette toward me, um, it's just, it's different. You know what I mean? Um, You know, when when I'm kind of down to the dumps, they they understand, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. it's not like, um, you know, when they're mad at me, they let me know. You know, I mean, it's just kind of, it's just how it is. But there's never... You know, most of the time, you know, any other team I had kind of been on, there's always been secrets and this and that, or yeah. they hide stuff from me. And just like, I, I hated that sort of stuff. So <laughs> right. to actually have, you know, team members that were friends to actually talk to you about what's kind of going on and how things are working, it just kind of made it cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, called being professional, but it, you never really had that before. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah, exactly. So to be able to have that and even know kind of what broke on the bike where other teams would be like, no, you, you can't know that or yeah, we can't yeah. have people knowing about that. It was just like, you know yeah. what, like get off your high horse, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of, so that was cool. Like I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't change it for the world and, you know, I was just glad I was kind of able to do good enough to where, you know, it was worth them to keep me around, you know, especially last year in outdoors getting fifth and the year before that I got eighth. You know, mm-hmm. even though it is outdoors and it's not as good as Supercross, it's still, yeah, you know, to me it means something. Oh, yeah. Still, a lot of hard work goes into it. You know. Yeah, you you gotta be yeah. you gotta be stoked when you're running up front on like Unadilla. You gotta be like, yeah, yeah this is I like mean, so awesome. Yeah, I mean, even you know, especially Unadilla, just because I was that kid on the other side of the fence. Yep. You know what yep, I mean? For um, sure. Um, so it's kind of you know I st- I don't know how many years I stood by you know on Sky Shot watching the guys jump the tabletop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. To be able to, you know, be on the other side of the fence now is is kind of cool. But um, did you go you to know, um, it is? Did you go to Unadilla '03 when my gas petcock brass uh, thing fell out of my bike? Timmy, while Timmy was in second. Ah, uh, <laughs> I don't. He I was. Don't uh, remember that? He's, he's second, and you know, like you're landing on the flat ground. <laughs> the yeah, the, yep. the tank is bouncing off the top of the carburetor, and the little brass mm-hmm. thing that's pressed into the petcock. Came out. Yep, yep. He came out. Oh, and my God. Gas everywhere. And I'm like, I don't know. I just stuck it back in. He kept going. But he was. Are you serious? You just stuck it back in? Yeah. Go. And. <laughs> And how did it? How did where? Oh, it's a press fit, right? So it, it was a press fit, so it just kind of popped back in. Huh? Yeah. And but where did it happen? On the other side of the track, he it was ha- able to make it to you. Yeah, he or right there where the old. Yeah, finish yeah, right, line right was. there where the old finish line was. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. okay. Wow. So, so you lucked out, huh? Mm-hmm. Actually, no, because then the mechanics area was on the other side, up up Horsepower Hill, wasn't it? No, it was by that tree. No, it was by that tree. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was by the tree after yep. Gravity Cabin. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's okay. been like three or four yeah. spots over the years, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I just remember you guys are rooting, the t- waving the towels up Horsepower Hill and then wrenching there by the tree over by the S corner. Yep, yep, you exactly. Um, so, yeah. Well, cool, Crazy. man. Uh, thank you for your time and doing this, man. I appreciate it. I, I, well, yeah, you've, yeah, no. You've, I, you've done a shit ton of shows for me, but we've never actually got into, you know, everything that, that well, how you got to where you are. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always just been the past couple of years, but now there's a whole life story behind the whole 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disaster of her career, but... Um, so it makes Bad News know. Phil Instagram accounts so good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Somehow, you know, <laughs> eight or whatever, ten years later, kind of sorted it all out somewhat. You it's know, funny this. I made a whole lot of money, but we're there. <laughs> it's, it's funny this persona you have for yourself, and now the fans are like, they don't really want to talk to you because you're grouchy. They want to like tread lightly with you. <laughs> no, come on. That's because you made it that way. I'm yeah, not that maybe. bad. Only on, only on certain days. Yeah. You know, but no, it's cool. I appreciate it. It's cool to do it. And, yeah, no worries. You know, hopefully in another five years, we could do one again, maybe if I'm still around. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, you know, yeah, so uh, awesome. Heal up. I can't wait to see you back at the race. This is always fun to have you around uh, for sure. And uh, I was stoked, like I said, to hear that. I mean, look, maybe it's a long shot, but I'm stoked that there's a chance you get into some races at the end of this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll that, see. I'm, I'm my ass to get back for it, so we'll see what happens. But I appreciate it, though. All right. FlyRacing.com, RacerX Podcast with Phil Nicoletti. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, see ya. See Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omar. So 
stuff that you could you sit there and you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 